Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Diversity and Fellowship. Um, we are actually on our last episode of the first season. Last episode. Last episode. Of just the first season. Of the first season. Right. Right. So we are excited. Uh, we are um, joyous about what God has been doing through this podcast. Uh, great to sit and talk with my brother. Yes. We've been closing this season with a four-part series about different aspects of racial reconciliation. So we've talked about forgiveness and racial reconciliation, repentance and racial reconciliation, reparations and racial reconciliation, and today we are talking about restoration and racial reconciliation. So the, the idea is that, okay, we have... So, so we have a repentance, we have uh, forgiveness even mm -hmm. when it comes to different racial issues, but is it necessary for the relationship to be restored? Right. Is it necessary for um, a, a minority church that has been hurt by a majority, majority church to to restore the relationship? Is it right. necessary for an individual who has been hurt by a, uh, a white church or a diverse church to restore the relationship um, that it once had in that situation? So, Brother William. Yes. What would be one of the arguments against restoration? It seems one... Uh one kind of comparison that's made or analogy, I'm not even sure if, I'm, if those are the right terms, but essentially you would say, like in a marriage, if there's adultery, if the sin is so grievous, right, yeah. um, and, and the hurt is severe enough that, you know, the Bible actually allows for a person to forgive uh, in the sense of, a, like in the case of an adultery, uh, um, in the case of adultery, but there, the Bible also allows for divorce in that case. Yes. And so some will take that, you know, kind of that principle, if you will, and say that actually, that principle applies to uh, some of these situations where there has been serious racism or someone has been hurt um, because of uh, racism that you can forgive um, and, and kind of move on. You know, you, you right. kind of move on from the relationship. Um, and you're you're not necessarily required to restore that relationship. Yes. Uh, and so I think I think that's one of the maybe one of the arguments against the idea of restoration. Yeah. What What else would you add there? Yeah. One example that is that is um, brought up a lot from from scripture is in Acts 15. In Acts right. 15, in, in the book of Acts, we see Paul and Barnabas. Um, in the beginning of Acts, going on mission trips, basically going to spread the gospel right. together. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, the 
the super team. Yes. <laughs> yes. Planting churches. Planting churches yep. everywhere. But in, in Acts 15, there is a dispute between Paul and Barnabas about mm-hmm. whether or not to bring John Mark with them. Right. Um, John Mark had deserted Paul and Barnabas, I guess, at, at some place. Right. And, and so Barnabas wanted to bring uh, Mark back with them on, on this next trip. Mm-hmm. And Paul was like, nope. I don't want them to come. Not going to happen. Yeah, so they didn't. They could not come to an agreement, and so Paul ends up going with Silas, and Barnabas mm-hmm. ends up going with with Mark. Mm-hmm. And so people take that uh, that story that Luke has recorded for us in in Acts, and they take that story and say, "Well, you see, now instead of one missionary team, you have two missionary teams." Right. Uh, Paul and Barnabas separated, and it was uh, it was a good thing. Right. So yes. it's okay if we decide that we want to to separate mm. and 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 still do ministry to the glory of God. Right. Yeah. So they would take that story and and say that uh, there's a principle there that we can carry over into mm-hmm. uh, racial reconciliation or are not doing, <laughs> you know, right. not restoring. The, the unity that, that we mm-hmm. are supposed to to have in Christ, mm-hmm. we can still we can be separate, and yeah. we can still do ministry that is God glorifying. And, and they, you know, kind of those who are making that argument would point to the Abraham and Lot story. Yeah, kind of in the same vein. Yeah, right. I mean, um, there's this this kind of breaking of fellowship, and it's kind of seen like, hey, that's a sometimes that's necessary. Right. right? There's this necessary breaking of fellowship that happens uh, between Abraham and Lot in Genesis 13 and so they're going to kind of use that as it's laying the groundwork or setting at least a principle that we can now apply to the issue of racial reconciliation yeah Abraham and Lot they still love each other right they there there's no animosity there they're they're actually trying to be you know proactive and 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 keeping their love together and right and so they separate and so people, once again, take that principle and they run with it and say, well, we can still love each other. Mm-hmm. Like, there doesn't have to be any animosity between us. Right. But we don't have to do life together. Yeah. Right. Or do ministry together. Right. Uh, so another another argument would be, well, we've tried it and it didn't work. Yes. So so we we've tried to have these diverse churches there have been so many different issues that have that have come up in it whether mm-hmm. it's um uh issues in regards to the racial component or some of the practical matters like music and and leadership and mm-hmm. and all, all those different things mm-hmm. and so we've tried it it didn't work we're not mad at each other in regards to it we just realized it it, it didn't work out so right Let's just go ahead and separate. We, we, you know, we may be we may be able to do it better separate, yeah, than right. doing it together because it obviously is not working out. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of, I mean, what would you call it? Anecdotal evidence, right? Yeah, there's a whole lot of examples of. See, they tried it here and it blew up. You know, right? See over here, they tried it here at this church. And it blew up, and see, yes. you know, and so there's a whole lot of that, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and I think, um, you know, as more and more of that has kind of come out and been brought to light, and it's not even always like, um, you know, a blow up 
individually within the church, but but sometimes it's like, hey, we tried to, you know, we were a minority church, we tried to partner with this majority church, and that things did not go well. You right. Know? Or even denominational, right? We we tried to be a part of the denomination, and that didn't really work, you know, and yeah. so we're, we're leaving that. And so I, I think there there are those who are kind of taking that and saying, we've tried this, it doesn't really work, you know? Yeah. And I think that frees us up to kind of, not really, not really labor towards this anymore. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, again, we're trying to be as in these arguments, um, kind of against, we've, we've done arguments against repentance and arguments against forgiveness. And we're trying to be as faithful as we can with our other brothers and sisters who might disagree with us on some of these issues and trying to give them a fair shake. And so hope, hopefully we've done that. Hopefully we've done that today. I, I think I think those are some of the arguments that we really do hear yes. from other uh, brothers and sisters about, you know, why restor- or, uh, arguments against restoration. But Pastor Kenny, what would you say? Okay, so those are the arguments against. What are the arguments for? How would we respond? How would you respond to uh, some of those arguments against yeah. restoration? So in regards to kind of comparing some of the, the racial strife with um, issues within marriage, I would say that using that passage um, that allows for divorce in the case of adultery to apply to issues of, of racial unity, um, I think that's that, that can be dangerous. Right. Because in the marriage situation, you have a, a clear-cut, relationship marriage is talking about marriage right mm-hmm. and you have a clear-cut sin that is talking right. about and so if, you, if we take that and apply it to the unity of the church then what sin are we going to say that is so grievous that will you know mess up the unity of the church and so right. we would we would start applying we can start applying any sin that yeah. anybody commits against us right and we could say that was so hurtful to where now, uh, whether it's a a church as a collective or a an individual in, in a church could just say, "Well, I'm out," right? Because I forgive these people; they've repented. I forgive them, but it, I've been hurt so bad that I don't have to restore. And so we we have to not necessarily take a, a principle from a different, uh, a totally different scenario being marriage and apply it to the unity of the church. We are called to be eager to maintain the unity of the, of the church right. in Ephesians 4. Which is very clear. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the very clear command that we've been mm-hmm. given in, in other places as well. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, what are... Our default should be is being eager to maintain the unity of the church, unity right. of the body of Christ, and that means we we do we do our best to stay together, not um, discounting the hurt that someone may experience. Right. Like there, if there's repentance, and then if there is forgiveness, if there then the goal should be restoration, right? That's we are called to, to unity. Mm. Uh, God hasn't really given us an, an out, right? When it comes to whether or not we will 
be restored to one right. another in those situations. Mm. Um, it may be, it may take a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. It may take a lot of time, mm. but the goal should still be maintaining the unity of the body. Yep, that's yeah. good. What else, brother? Would you say would be an argument for well, we, restoration? Yeah, I mean, we talked about the you know kind of the the example of Paul and Barnabas and kind of their breaking of fellowship. You, you, you do actually have, I mean, a couple couple things to say about that passage. I mean, you do one. You you have some biblical evidence for later restoration. Yeah. So over in Second Timothy four eleven, I mean, Paul actually is like telling Timothy, "Hey, send Mark. You know, I'm, yes. Mark's been very useful to me. You know, and so so there is an example of Paul, Paul and Mark, who was the you know he was the reason for the divide at the in in Acts fifteen. They were upset about whether or not they were going to take Mark, and and yet later Paul saying, "I recognize him as as useful." Right. So. So there is some 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 biblical evidence there. I think also we have to <laughs> we have to realize that every story, every narrative in the Bible is not necessarily proscriptive. It's not right. it's not necessarily do it like this. Yes. There are some stories in the Bible that are just they're descript they're just describing what happened. And 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 sometimes it's really clear you know, like David's adultery with Bathsheba. I, I don't think very few people read that passage and say, the Bible is teaching me to commit adultery, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean, so that that's pretty yes. obvious. But but you have to ask that about certain stories in the book of Acts. Uh, and it, it's one of the challenges, I think, in interpreting the book of Acts and implying the book of Acts. But I think, I think, um, I think you can make a pretty good argument that that Luke is simply being descriptive there. This is yes. what happened between Paul and Barnabas. He's not saying, "Hey, this was a really great thing." Right. Now you could say, "Did the Lord turn it for good?" Well, yeah, right? I mean, was there two mission, you know, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, you yes. could say that, but that doesn't necessarily relieve Paul and Barnabas for their responsibility of not being able to work it out, you know, right. and not being able to stay unified. And so I think that's another kind of, I think that's a way to, to take that. We have to be very, very careful that we're going to start making principles on particularly that story, you know, yeah. um, because of it's at least, at least questionable. Very much so. You know, whether or not Luke would say this is, this is something you need to emulate, right? These, these are, these are principles that you need to apply, you know, in other situations. So I, I think... Yeah, the the whole descriptive versus uh, proscriptive, or just just describing versus actually saying, "Hey, you need to do this." Yeah, is important when we're talking about. Yeah, when we read Acts and we see Paul and Barnabas together, and then if Luke doesn't include this story, and all of a sudden it's Paul and Silas, the natural question is, mm-hmm. "Where's Barnabas?" Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, for us to say that this story is here to to give us something to which we should practice ourselves, right. that would be dangerous, right? Yes. And so we we have to be careful as we as we read the Bible and, and ask that question, like why why is this story here? Is yeah, it yeah. is it just to fill in the gaps or right or or to make better sense of what's happening in the book or the letter or whatever it is? And mm-hmm. or is it here for for us to as yeah as people living in the 21st century, yeah. to live out ourselves. Yeah, I mean, another good example of that, just so you kind of maybe better understand what we're talking about, I mean, um, Acts 2, Pentecost. Yes. 
Uh, so you got tongues of fire coming down. You got people speaking in tongues. You got all, you know kind of some a lot of different things happening there. Right. And I don't think most of us show up on a Sunday morning expecting Acts two. Now there are those, <laughs> yeah, who ha- in, within different traditions and different you know who do kind of expect that. But again, that raises the issue: Is Luke describing an event that we should expect to be repeated? Should happen every Sunday or every or every once in a while or whatever. Or is he simply describing this was what happened on the day of Pentecost? Yeah. Right? And so that is kind of, that's one of the big interpretive issues in the book of Acts. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening to us as we kind of wandered off into the weeds a little right. bit there. Um, so, what else, brother? What What is kind of another argument for uh, restoration then? Yeah, so w- when we think about the, the arguments about well, we we tried this and it didn't work. Are we we think about even Abraham and Lot, where they separate but they still love each other, and they're just being proactive about making sure that there's not any tension mm-hmm. um, in their relationship. the The question we should ask be, before we separate, or when, when we think about restoration, is what is going to bring God the most glory? And it's clear from John 17 that Jesus, when he prays for the unity of all believers, what he says is, is that so that people may know, so that the world may know right. that the Father sent him. Yep. So he directly ties the unity of the church, the unity of all believers to our evangelism. Yeah, that's he right. He ties it to, hey, if if you all are united, then people will know right. that he was sent by the Father to 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 live, die, and, and rise right. for our sins. It right? impacts our witness to the world. Yeah. I mean, you have to... Say Very that's what he's saying, yeah. much so. And so when, when we are unable to restore these relationships, we are, we are telling the world something that maybe Jesus wasn't sent mm-hmm. by the Father. Yeah. But when we are, when we're able to restore these relationships, we're, we're telling the world something else. Mm. That Jesus can even overcome the extreme hurt yeah. that we may experience um, at the hand of the church. Right. Again, we don't we don't want to um, minimize the the pain or mm. the hurt that That's someone right. has has gone through, and we would say if there are not things to to stop that abuse or. Just like in marriage, if somebody's being physically abused, we wouldn't say, hey, go back into that situation. Mm. If there is not some clear transformation within the individual or the organization, we would say you still got some work to do before restoration right. can happen. Yeah. What we would say is, though, we, we don't want to say, hey, well, diverse churches don't work. Mm. Like being united in Christ doesn't work. Well, we're, I mean, that would be problematic for, yeah, the, for right. the word of God. That's right. right. Yeah. Like. If the spirit of God can't keep us together, I mean, what type of bond is it? Right. Um, so we don't want to say we don't want to, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to right. speak. Yeah. We want to come up with ways in which the the diverse church can work better. 
Hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe the problem was there wasn't a a shared leadership. There yep. wasn't a diverse leadership. Right. And so let's tweak that. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out ways in which we can we can have churches where leadership is shared. Right. Um. Maybe maybe the issue was music or, or you know. Let's figure out ways in which, mm-hmm. um, these things can be tweaked. The model can be tweaked instead of saying we're going to get rid of the the entire thing. Right. Yeah, and just I mean, you know, asking questions. Okay, why did it not work? You know, yeah. what what was the reason for it not working? Can we address you know some of those? Uh, can we, you know, do something to address those reasons instead of just, you know, kind of, and, and, you know, I want to be careful because I think, again, if I'm, if I'm trying to lead with grace to those who would be arguing against this, I think they would say, look, we tried everything, you, you know, <laughs> we, we tried all that brothers and it didn't work. And, and I think, you know, something we need to circle back to is, you know, sometimes we're going to have to die to ourselves in those situations. Yes. Um, I think I think that's true for majority culture, and I think that's true for minority culture as well. Like, you're, there's going to have to be some sacrifices, right? Right. Um, in one sense, and this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I mean, in our attempt to try to be a diverse church here at uh, Grace Bible Fellowship, I mean, there's almost a sense in which a white person is not going to feel 100% comfortable. Yes. And maybe an African-American Christian who, who you know, wanders in to visit with us one Sunday is not going to feel 100% comfortable. Right. Like, that's almost, not, not by design, but there is a sense in which we're going to be doing things that in that is just going to be, I don't know if shaded is the right word, or if it's just, I mean, or they're going to seem like one culture versus the other culture. Right. Right. And so that, that is going to take some time. I mean, that's going to take some you know that it, that is that can be different. That can be hard. Um, yes. And yet, I you know one of the things that we've talked about is just being open, being honest with those things, trying to figure out you know where are the problems, where are the shortcomings, how can we address those, um, having an open conversation, leading with grace. I mean, we've talked about that a right. ton, you know. And so, I think all of that is is very important. I think another thing to note too is that we are talking about situations in which repentance and forgiveness have occurred. Yes. Right. Yes. So in those situations, like if like you know again going back, remember the episodes that we did on should I stay or should I leave? Right, right. There were times where we did say that it's okay to leave. Yes, if there is no repentance, if there is no recognition of the hurt, recognition of the fault, then there are times when you do have to you, know, you do have to kind of walk away, right? Yes. Um, but again, that can't. That's got to be a last resort. Right. I mean, and even then, even when that happens, I don't think it's a walk away and say, I'm done with that approach. I'm done with that. Yeah. I'm done with trying to be a diverse church. I'm done with, because once you do that, then you go back to the arguments that you're making from John 17. It's like, yeah, but are we giving up on this, um, on witnessing, on our on our witness through unity to the world about Jesus. And so I, again, I mean, I think we have to think through some of it. Obviously, um, <laughs> we're adding a lot of nuance there, but, but, but I do, th- I do think it's important. I, I mean, I would, I do think it's important to challenge those who, um, cause I think there are some folks that, that, that may not, they may not be there yet, but they're, but they are thinking, does diversity even work in the church? Yes. Can it, is it even possible? 
Um, and so we we believe, you know, obviously that that it is, and that uh, it should be something that we pursue. It's that pursuit is going to look different from church to church, but um, but it is something that we think uh, should be pursued, and restoration will be a part of that. Yes. Yeah. So. Cool. Anything else, brother, that you would add as far as arguments from the Bible for yeah? I would just I would add that when there's been hurt um, and there's been repentance and forgiveness, there there will be there will take time. Yeah, that's good to yeah. build trust. That's right. Um, the the trust doesn't come back immediately, but that's right. The the only way that trust comes back is actually being in in relationship with the person Mm. like it's actually um spending that time and and doing that work to to see that this person is trustworthy or this church Mm. is is trustworthy if we say um i'm just not gonna have anything to do with you anymore Mm. (laughs) you don't have opportunities to to actually build that trust right and so it's it's not we're definitely not saying that it's going to be it's easy yeah that's good to um to just restore that okay well <laughs> we have repentance we have forgiveness and restoration is just mm-hmm. it's just a natural outflowing of that yeah like, I, no, it's and, and it's a good caution to the majority culture who kind of expects it to be easy sometimes right we we repented of that right you, you say got, you forgive me. Yeah, you forgive me, so it's over. Let's yeah. just be restored and everything's fine. You know, it's like, eh, maybe we need to slow down. <laughs> right. Uh, this is going to take some time. We need some healing here, you know, and I think there needs to be space for that. Yeah. I think it's a good word. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother, what's our uh, diversity and fellowship resource for this week? All right. So the resource this week is a book by Trillia Newbell. It's called United, yes. Captured by God's Vision for diversity yeah and i mean that's what we're trying to call people to Mm. like god has god has called us he has given us this beautiful vision for diversity and so this is what we should strive for strive towards this is god's vision what is going to bring him glory amen all right good stuff all right well that leaves us to our last crazy question for the season, yes. Uh, so here, here is our crazy question. We're wrapping up the season today. Uh, we'll be back in September, hopefully, Lord willing. That is our our plan is to kind of take the month of August. And during the month of August, listeners can maybe keep up, catch up on some episodes. Yes. Go back and listen into go go back and listen to certain episodes. So, Kenny, if somebody was going to listen, here's our crazy question. If somebody had to could only listen to one episode, one episode from season 1 of Diversity and Fellowship, what would be the episode that you would recommend? All right. So the episode I would recommend is the Columbus Day of and the whitewashing of, of history episode because Kenny wants to hear. Kenny wants you guys to hear him talk about Columbus. Yes. right? that is. No, I'm sorry. I that interrupted. Is, that is you. my trigger, right? <laughs> <laughs> my trigger is somebody right. lifting up Columbus. Yes, that's and so trigger. we we got the opportunity. I mean, when October was coming around, I was yeah. like, yes, mm, yes, this You're is ready. the episode. <laughs> Kenny was ready, guys. I was ready. He was ready for Columbus Day, and so I was like, we're going to do this episode. And mm. so, I mean, just the opportunity for us to to talk about how history is is whitewashed a lot yeah. of times 
in our, in our education hmm. and to, I mean, cause it's still going on. It's still, yeah, it's still right. a conversation that is being had, which is why we did education or indoctrination, right. you know, follow yeah, yeah. that up later. Well, mm-hmm. recently we, we did yeah. an episode. So I, I would say that would be one I would want people to listen to just to, you know, kind of realize, hey, what's going on now? And just listen to me trash Columbus a little bit. I was about to say, just so that people would know if they ever, you know, don't walk up to Kenny and be talking about how great Columbus is. You know that's what you I'm going to get that. now for you people who I know. <laughs> right, just want to see me. Send in your emails. Come on, right. guys. Give him a hard time. Yes. Um, what about you, brother? What episode would you Yeah, recommend? I think, I mean, um, I really enjoyed the kind of all the, the episodes that we got to interview other people. Amen. I mean, not that I don't enjoy talking with you and uh, laughing at you and, you know, you making fun of me and stuff like that. I do right. enjoy that. But I do, you know, we got to uh, interview Bill Victor, you know, at the NBC. That was good. Uh, got to interview Glenna, you know, and yes. talk. Um, so, so that was that was encouraging. Uh, John Nelson, NBC president, got to talk with him. I mean, that was good. So I, I would I would recommend all I mean, all those are good. But if I had to choose one, I really enjoyed the Shylin episode. Amen. Mostly because I'm just a fan of Shylin and his music, and I like that. But no, I mean seriously too, because. Um, I think his book is just a great resource, you know, and kind of a pretty hostile um, climate right now. And right. so I think his book is really, really helpful. It does, says and does a lot of the things that we're trying, you know, we're just just a lot of agreement there. And so it was really fun to talk with him about that. He was really gracious yes. in granting us an interview. I don't know that he did any other, right. you know, not a lot of other podcasts. And so, man, that was that was really fun. And so... So yeah, if you didn't if you didn't hear that one with Shyland, you should definitely go back and check that out. Amen. All right, sure. well, that's it, guys. We're wrapping up season one again. We we thank you so much if you've listened have uh, listened uh, through the season with us, and and again, we're excited about coming back next, um, uh, starting back in the fall, and we will see you in September. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.